If they're not, we're, we're missing it. I mean, you're, you're going to look back and regret. Just uh, I think of that movie Click with Adam Sandler. You know, you just, we're, we're, we're going so fast. We're fast forwarding through everything that's important. And, uh, and celebrate these moments and these days, man, because they're, they're here right now. And uh, if you're not careful, it'll pass you. Uh, and so then that brings us to uh, the ghost of Christmas present. No, future, right? Future. Back to the future. If you have your phones, would you get them out real quick? Uh, if you're new here, this is how we find out that you're here. If you want us to know that you're here, awesome. We, this is how we do attendance. Uh, text in um, 777-3520, and the keyword today is future. And so what will happen is if you've never texted before or we don't have your record uh, in our phone, uh, we'll text you back, and um, we'll say thanks for coming, yada, yada. We'll start a little chat, and people will be texting back and forth, and it'll end up with you being the recipient of uh, a gift card, a wonderful little gift card, and a, a snazzy little shirt uh, that's located in the back of the room there. And uh, a lot of other fun stuff. So thanks for coming today. Um, and uh, service is probably going to be a little shorter than normal today. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the exciting thing, I think. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about everything right now. I am pumped. And this is not, I mean, I, you know, one of the other things I was excited about is because of how cute they were, I can't preach a bad sermon today. I mean, it's just a good service. So anyways, yeah, no pressure on me today. I'm not sweating today. This is a wonderful thing. Anyways. Okay, cool. Here we go. Uh, can we pray? And then uh, we'll, we'll get started with uh, what I think God wants to say to some of us today. <sighs> Jesus, help. Amen. Uh, man, I am, uh, I'm, man, I am excited. We're talking about the future today and what that looks like. Uh, if you have your Bibles or your phones or whatever device you look to, or even just, we'll, we'll put it up there on the screen for you. Uh, we're going to read right out of uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke is the only gospel that really gives all the details of the birth of Jesus. And so it's a really good time to kind of read the gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 1, 2, 3, chapter, uh, yeah, anyways, here we go. Uh, chapter 2. I'm going to start off in verse 13. I've read this verse every week, um, and so I'm really just starting there to get into where I'm going. But if you would, uh, 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, I don't know if you know this, but these shepherds are in the field and they're just doing their random everyday thing. Can you imagine just being at Walmart, just doing your normal thing? I don't know where you work, but you're changing tires. You're, you're, you're just doing normal stuff. And then all of a sudden, like an angel shows up and you're like, whoa, hey. And the guy's like, fear not. And you're like, yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, like lots of angels show up all around you. And you're like, this is terrifying, right? And so they're like, hey, we want you to know good news, great news. And uh, today a savior has been born. And, and uh, they're just thinking about, I don't, this is different for you and I, but it was very accustomed for their fathers and their grandfathers to pray the prayers and to hope. I mean, this was in their homes years ago, prayer was something that happened every day, all day. They were used to it, looking to the one day that the Messiah would come and that these guys heard it in a field one day randomly as just surrounded by a heavenly host that today a savior was born. I mean, this is like crazy, awesome, freaky, goosebumps on steroids kind of things happening, you know? And so they dropped everything. And so here's what happens. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, they, 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 they had gone into heaven and the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
What I love there is that um, when God's doing things in our lives, many of us uh, put God on hold to do the things that we're trying to do or the things we need to focus on. And I love that the shepherds just immediately abandoned everything in their life and said, let's go see what God's doing. And, uh, and I think that that's important for us in our life. When God's doing something in your life, man, you've got to know how to be about that. Does that make sense? Cool. That's a little nugget for you. Um, uh, anyways, uh, so let's go to Bethlehem and see what this thing that's happened, which the Lord told us about. And so verse 16, it says, They hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And the scripture says, I don't know how many was in the room. I, I think it's, it's like we, what we know is that it was Mary and Joseph and the baby and then all the farm animals. But I was actually doing some research this week. I realized there was actually nowhere in scripture do we know that there was actually animals present. You know what I mean? That cute little donkey. We don't actually know if he was there. You know, we just know that he was in a stable. And so we think that there was probably some cows mooing around and it being really awkward. But uh, it says that, that everyone was amazed. And so I get this image, I don't know about you, but there was others that heard that the king was going to be born. Um, and so there may have been five, six, ten, twenty-five people all crowd around this little kid. And this really kind of awkward, like, okay, so we're all here. Wow, this is really neat. And so these shepherds show up, and they, they told everyone in the room that these angels showed up. And then more angels showed up, and they all started singing, and it was the craziest, most awesome thing that's ever happened out in, the sh out in the pastures. Anyways, I'm diving back into this here. And so it said, it said when, they, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning everything that they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to him. Verse 19, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God with all the things that they had seen and heard, which uh, they had just been told. I'm going to go back to verse 19 and just read this again for a second. Mary treasured all of these things in her heart, and she, and she pondered them in her heart. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a moment in your life where you've dreamed. You know, when, when life is completely innocent and you have potential, when life doesn't slow you down and you thought to yourself, man, one day I'm going to do great things. Maybe it's sitting at a graduation service. Or maybe it was the day that you maybe had your first baby or something. I remember uh, when we held Micah for the first time, and I just thought, man, this kid, he is so cool. He's so weird looking, but he is so cool. And, uh, and I just thought, man, he's, you know what? I know what he's going to do one day. And I, Micah would be two, and he's climbing a tree, and I think he's going to be a lumberjack. And then he's hitting a baseball, and I think he's going to be a baseball player. And everything that he did, I just thought he's going to be great at. You ever have moments in your life where you dreamed? And, uh, and Mary's sitting in this moment and she's hearing all these great things. And instead of her reacting and saying what she knows he's going to do, she just stores them up in her heart. And she looks at this kid and she says, man, I wonder. And I wonder if she can see in that moment all the things that Jesus was going to do in his life. Can you remember the moments in your life where you dreamed? When you dreamed and there was nothing distorted about it or nothing perverted about it or nothing like it was just a wonderful I, me, I'm going to help the poor. I'm going to heal the sick. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to those that, that, are, that are, you know, I'm just going to be there. We're going to do great things. I'm going to make money. We're going we're gonna to get married. We're going to have kids. And it's going to be wonderful. And we dreamed and we dreamed and we just dreamed. And then life happened, right? 
And life came in and you came back to reality and all of those dreams that you had just seemed so far off because the reality is you don't have time or the money or the resources or you're not good enough. And all of these things that just happen makes us so busy and it, makes, it just lies to us, man. And it puts us in this stale environment where we can't and I'm not good enough and someone else will answer the call. But I'm telling you, that's not what this girl dreamed about. This girl dreamed that Jesus would do great things to people sitting in this room. I believe today that Jesus, that Mary dreamed about you. I believe that. I know that that sounds so, so weird and so finical, like six billion people on earth. Come on, really? No, I believe that Jesus, his mom, she dreamt that God would do great things through you. I know that life has found a way to slow you down and make you feel like you're the only one that's not capable and you can't. It's all a lie. Great things. Great things. Can you see them? Um, this isn't like me just trying to like build you up today. This is if we lose the dream that God has put in our heart, what will we do? Where will we be? I'm not trying to motivate you today. I'm trying to get you back to reality that you have to fight for the thing that God has put in your heart. Mary held that little boy and saw great things. Do you still see great things in your own life? I know you're busy. I know you lack resources. I know that you but you're not actually busy and you don't actually lack resources and you, don't act, you are actually gifted enough. Mm, I get frustrated. I get excited. I get overwhelmed. And What do you do with that dream that God has put in your heart? There's a scripture, um, Habakkuk. Let me, just, let me stop for a second. You have to go back to the thing that God has put in your heart. Has God ever given you a dream? What does it look like? What does your dream look like for your family? What does your dream look like for your career? What does your dream look like for Christ and Jesus and, and the people that you'll go to and the people that you'll reach and the mission trips that you'll go on and the neighborhood and the coworkers that you'll touch? What does your dream look like? Because I, I really do believe that if we lose sight of our potential, we lose sight of the mission of Jesus. He came that we would be salt and light of the earth, right? That we would be important in the neighborhood and at the workplace that we live. It's all about you being a superhero to somebody. Like you're somebody's Christ. And I, I don't want us to lose sight of that this Christmas. It's about your future and you have to fight for that. You're going to have to work for it. So God put some things in our heart and I just, I don't often talk about like our dreams and so I just want to slow it down for a minute after realizing that Mary had a dream and, and that you still have a future ahead of you and want to think about it for a second. Habakkuk uh, chapter two, verse two and three, it says this, it says, and the Lord answered me and said to me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write the vision down and make it plain on tablets that he who reads it may run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I don't know if you remember, but God's word will never return void. 
the things that God has put in your heart, he is going to do. And you're going to have to pray over that thing. You're going to have to prophesy over that thing because life is going to find a way to cause you to look at that situation as if it will never happen. I, I, um, I have a friend of mine who uh, recently, his marriage had fallen into some trouble. And uh, there were some things that happened in, in their marriage that was just gross. And this individual, their, his spouse left him. And uh, man, he worked so hard for his marriage. Everyone around him would have said, you deserve better and you should move on. The things that she has done to you is and he believed that God had given him something. He believed that God gave him a dream. And he prophesied, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prophesied, and he spoke that situation that looked like there was no life left in it. And he brought, man, I got just to see just this last week, God moving them. They're, they're, they travel, they're over country right now, going on a, a second honeymoon together. And I am so proud of watching them fight for what God put in his heart. And man will have a way of saying, it's not possible, man. You can't have that. Why? Because the devil is a liar. And he's out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if you lose sight of your dream, it's your dream. No one else is going to fight for what God put in your heart but you. And you've got to prophesy over those things. You're going to have to fight for it because I'm telling you, finances ain't going to look like it's there. I know that there's a lot of people in this room saying, one day when I get enough money, I'll get married then. One day when we get enough money, then we'll have kids. One day when I get enough, you're never going to have enough. Find a person that says that they have enough money. There was a reason. Well, what's the guy that works for the Mavericks? What's his name? Mark Cuban. There's a reason why Mark Cuban still goes to work every day. Dude is a billionaire and he's working every day. Because you never have enough. Sometimes you're just going to have to put feet to the pavement and do what God put in your heart. Write it down. And this is what you want to do. Every book that I've read about leadership would say, when you have a dream, write it down. Write some clear goals on how to obtain that dream. And then write some dates. Write some deadlines on it. And after you put some, some skin on it, some dates and some details on it, then share it to people. But if you just go talking about your dream to people, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. It's a dream. It never looks like it's obtainable. Put some skin on it. Then talk to people about it. And then let them help you kind of, well, this date, this deadline needs to be uh, ahead of this one. And then move some things around. But I'm telling you, man, it's important that some of those things that you have in your heart, I, I've met a lot of Christians. Let me tell you this. Please stay with me for a second. I've met a lot of Christians that came up with some dreams that may never come to pass because they're never brave enough to put deadlines on them. You've got to, you've got to figure some things out. Man, listen, this is going to happen and I'm going to do this here and we're going to figure this out here and get with other people and say, you know what? If you want that business, you can have that business. Put some dates on it. Put some deadlines on some things. Call God on some deadlines. Hey, look, we're going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And you'll get worried. You'll start sweating. You'll start freaking out. You'll start fasting. You'll start praying. It'll turn your prayer life up. But some of us, we shelf it. We forget about it. We let it go. And we wonder why we're bored spiritually. I think God wants to do great things through some of us. Don't let go of the dream God put in your heart. Is this making sense? I think that we do have a future, but we have to be aware and cognizant uh, and fight for those things. Let me pray real quick. Let me just pray.
Lord, I know that these are your people here, not mine. I know that these are your sons and daughters. And I know that you have a plan and a purpose for many people here. Stir us that we would be moved to do great things, small things for you. In Jesus' name. And I want to remind you that sometimes doing great things for God isn't uh, going to the nations, but just buying the person's groceries at Walmart in front of you. Those little things, man, it just, they can be huge in the life of someone else. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you don't know how you're going to pay rent, but. All right, let me stick it back to here. Uh, I've learned two things that I have a future, uh, but a meaningful one but not a meaningful one without Jesus. Um, what I mean by that is that I've, uh, there's a lot of people, man, that can do great things in business and leadership and, and accumulate uh, great wealth and have a lot of people working under them. And that's kind of like the dream. But as I, in my life, as I've made a lot of money, uh, in my youth, I made more money than I feel like I have now. And I realized that it's, it's void when you don't have Christ. Because there's a peace, man. We sung about it here earlier. And there's, there's just something that the world doesn't understand. It, it, it gives me hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, random thought. Yeah. Yesterday when that, when, that, when that jet flew in the sky and everyone's house shook, right? Does everyone, everyone else's house shake yesterday? What's he talking about? My house straight shook. I thought the dude upstairs, I thought Scotty upstairs uh, fell out of his bed. My whole house shook. I was like, what in the world? I went outside and looked to see if someone ran into my house with a car. And uh, you know what's so great is... um. If a bomb went off, I don't have to fear because I know who holds my hand. When the doctor gives me bad news, I don't have to fear because my soul, it's accounted for. Peace, man, I'll tell you. Anyways, you can do great things, but a life without Jesus, it feels meaningless. Last week I read that verse about Solomon accumulating great wealth. And uh, he, he said, man, I had more money than any, all the kings that have gone before me. And everything was meaningless and chasing after the wind. Because I realized that people are looking for something. They're drinking, they're partying, they're trying to find fulfillment. And it's only going to come when we sit with our king, our creator, and realize that he put a hole inside of us that only he fills. Anyways, I can have a future, but not a meaningful one without Jesus. John chapter 15, verse 5, says it this. I love the way Jesus said this. Our Savior, the wisest man that's ever lived, he said this. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And he that abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. It's unfortunate that I wasn't raised in the church and that I had to go through a lot of heartache before I found that out. There's people that are in the church that are fighting and fighting and fighting and don't know the secret of that scripture. But I'm telling you what, it's a reality. I am weak. I'm foolish. I, I can't fix uh, my marriage. I can't fix my kids. I can't fix my bank account. I can't. I need Jesus, y'all. Y'all need to pray for your pastor because I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I need a word. I'll tell you, I can't do anything without him. And I, I think that that's the trick to life and to the future that you're going to have is if you plan a future without him, 
You're planting a broken one. I, I, this is kind of something I realized yet this morning. It's probably something that's common sense to many of you. But if the goal in the heart of Jesus is to say that the, 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 the hope, the, the two commandments that he wants for all of his children is to love him with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as though ourself. If this is the hope and the heartbeat of the gospel to fulfill these two things, and we're planning a future and we don't think of him in it, that's not love. I could never plan a future without my wife because I love her. I want her to be a part of it. And the life that we want to live, if we can see it, with, I mean, if there's any part of it that doesn't have Jesus in it, it's empty. I pray that over you, that you can see Jesus in your life. I think that that's a priority, man. What about our finances? What are we going to do with them? I don't know. I don't want to have a great successful job if Christ ain't in it. I don't want to have a, a great, great kids if Jesus isn't in it. I don't, I don't want to have a family, a house. I don't want a boat. I don't want a car. I don't want, if Jesus isn't part of it, I don't want it because you take everything else away. When I, come, when I leave this world, I'm going to have nothing but him. You guys can't fight for me when, when, when I close my eyes in the end of my life, but he will. Mm. Man, I love him. He's wonderful. I made a lot of money. I made a lot of mistakes. But I believe that when, G when Mary pondered about Jesus, she thought of you. And it's why he, he, he came, to complete our lives. There's a reason why Jesus is the most written about person in history. Everyone knows that he was the wisest person that's ever lived, but me, oftentimes. And this plan that I have for my life seems to be baffling to me. I, I know how to do this. And sometimes I forget to bring him in on my wisdom, God. And many of us have wisdom, what we're going to do with our money, what we're going to do with our job. And we forget to bow our knee and submit ourselves and say, God, what? The Alpha and the Omega, you've seen, you've been, thousands of years he has seen man he knows what's best for you. He has a plan for you. Mm. And I just want you to know that your past. So there's a few people here. I wrote this down, and I didn't maybe understand it a whole lot right now until I'm just sitting here in this moment. Some of your past that you've gone through in the hurt and the sorrow and the mistakes and the failure... It is for nothing unless you come to Christ because he can make all of that pain meaningful to someone else. He can make your past redeemable and use it for your future. And there's some folks with heartache here with some lessons, man. So you've cried some things and you don't understand, why did I go through what I went through? Bring it to Jesus. He's got a plan for it. Uh, I... I, I don't really know how I'm going to say this, and I purposely, um, I left the end of my sermon like kind of blank, uh, purposely. So I didn't really know how this is going to go. I'm going to sit up here, I don't, not for any reason. I'm not really trying to be more dramatic, but I, um, I'm really excited about this. So when I think about Christmas, uh, one of the problems that I think Americans have the most is that... Um, it's easy for us to believe that there was a little boy that came 
Many people are going to celebrate Christmas this year, and we're going to get around a tree, and we're going to, uh, you know, we'll believe Jesus, we, this is about Jesus. Even though most of us forget that it's about Jesus and it's about presence, we still believe like 50% it's about Jesus. Like little boy came, he was a big deal, he did great things. Most of us agree with that? You know what's a problem in our generation? Is that we have forgotten that this little boy that came and did great things is coming back. I think the future that I want you to realize is no matter what you see, he is part of that future. This little innocent boy that came will come again. And he will come riding on a horse. And he will come with a sword. And you will see that this peaceful man that overturned tables, he is also a warrior. And what I realize is that the future of every person under the sound of my voice Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, wow, you are the king of kings. You are the creator of the universe. You are the lamb of God. You are loving and gentle and awesome. And we'll see the fire in his eyes and we'll hear the thunder in his voice and we will. And I pray when that moment comes, it's not too late for many of us. There's a story in scripture that I want to be mindful of. There's a story about 10 virgins. And it says that there was 10 virgins. It's in Matthew chapter 25. That these 10 virgins, they, um, they were living their life that one day they would be married to their bridegroom. And many of them lived very casually in this process that they didn't fill their lamps with oil. For the night that he came, they would be prepared. They would have fire. They would be able to travel with him. The oil was a very important scenario for years ago. I mean, oil, it preserved things. It kept, it just did so many things. Many of us aren't ready for Jesus to come back. And as I talk with many unbelievers that like, I work with, they'll always say, you know, one day, I'll get right with Jesus one day. That's a terrifying thing. When I heard that boom yesterday and it shook my house, there is a lot of folks that aren't ready. They don't want him to come. But the heart of the gospel is that we would pray, Jesus, come. I mean, for thousands of years before Jesus was born, that was the heartbeat of people. Jesus, come. We want the Messiah to come. And now after he's born, many of us just are thankful that he came, and, but we don't necessarily want him to return because we don't want to have to change our life to line up with that He is everything. But we will all surround the throne as many of you will surround a Christmas tree. And we will worship. And I would just want all of our lives to be prepared. Make room for Jesus in your life. I'm going to close with some of these thoughts. My wife is the most awesome person uh, in the world and she teaches me a lot of things that I am just dumb to um, many of you uh, it, I don't know if you know this but it's not your pastor's responsibility to bring Christ into your home it's your responsibility to bring Christ into your home and it's your responsibility to bring Christ to your children we, we do what we can in the back teaching them Heather and, and Jess and George and I mean they're, they're fantastic Nicole uh, but it's your responsibility to bring tradition around that Christmas tree. 
you don't want the kids to think it's only about presents. My wife is doing this thing right now where every day right now she's reading them stories about the gospel. And I don't know what your traditions look like, but you have to find a way that years from now, when those kids grow up, that you want them to look back and remember that Christmas was about Christ. You're planting seeds right now. And so I don't know what your traditions look like, but, but next Monday morning when you guys get together in two weeks from now, I pray that there's a tradition that you guys have that puts Jesus more important than the tree. And the kids see that and they want that. Here's my close. You have a future. God has a plan for you. He wants to do great things in your life. Jesus wasn't just born in a stable 2,000 years ago. He's also right here, right now. He is 100% with us. And he's coming back. And I think the key is for all of us to turn our hearts in the direction that we want him. And if you're currently, if that scares you a little bit, that's not my hope, but I'll go with it. Um, if, if Whatever softens your heart to Jesus, we're good with. But if you've got sin in your life, you should be a little nervous. Because when he returns, it's, it's, it's not, the scripture says it's going to be a great and terrible day. It's going to be great because a lot of us. It's going to be terrible because a lot of us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? I believe there's some people here that aren't right with God. You know that you got some junk in your life that he isn't honored by. And I don't know if you're ready to do the things that God put in your heart long ago. But if you're here right now, my hope for anything we've done and the Christmas play and all the noise we make is that many of us will love God a little bit more today. And if you've got stuff in your life that's preventing you from loving God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. God bless you. That's awesome. I love you. And God bless you. And God bless you. And God bless you. Man, that is awesome. God bless you. You're why we're here. Say, I know my life isn't honoring God right now. I got some stuff in the way. Is there anyone else? That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. It's all about you, Jesus. I believe that Mary held that little boy and pondered in her heart of the things that he would do in your life. Last chance. Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart. Is there anyone else? I'm not right with God. And I want to be. Father, I pray for all of those right now that just raised their hand. That you would wash them in your blood. That you would forgive them of their sins. And that you would give them your Holy Spirit right now. I thank you that you cleanse and that you heal and that you restore. And I thank you that you have a plan for their life. Give them a vision right now of the things that need to be removed so they can see clearly your plan for them. 
Holy Spirit, breathe in their lives. There's some others here. Last thing before we close. There's some others here that um, you had a dream and you forgot about it. You just got busy and forgot. And you want God to do great things in your life. If that's you, can I say a prayer for you? Will you raise your hand right now? I love you guys. Holy Spirit, all we want to do with our lives is honor you. All we want to do is great things because of what your cross has meant to us. We want to be to them who you are to us. Restore our vision and our clarity. Restore our hearts and our faith. Restore our image what you see in us. Put people around us that will push us into you. And help us to write it down and make it clear. All we want to do is honor you. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these people. I thank you for my friends. I thank you that this is a day where you're doing great things. I'm so grateful for those that we have in our lives that you have blessed us with. You are absolutely the greatest part of our lives. We honor and we celebrate you and we love you and we're, our hearts are full today because of you. And all God's people said, amen. I love you guys. See you at the ugly sweater party. <laughs>